Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. It is I, your host, Allison Kilkenny. That was the first time, I think, in the history of me doing any show that I listened to the music live before coming in or as I was coming in. And I got to tell you, pretty cool. I might do that from now on. You guys didn't need to know that little production behind the scenes action. But hello, everyone. I hope you're having a, a great weekend. I'll be honest with you. I was out in until the wee hours of the morning last night. So forgive me if that and the combination of I've been sick, that my voice sounds a little rough, but we're going to get through it together. Um, I went to the museum this morning, which was an insane choice on my part because it got to the hour last night where I was like, I'm going to cancel all my plans tomorrow. Right. And the person I was with was like, yeah, 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 you're definitely going to do that. And then I didn't. I still went to the fucking museum this morning. Saw a great exhibit. If you're in Brooklyn or if you're near the city, um, Guadalupe Maravilla has a general exhibit at uh, the Brooklyn Museum. It was very cool. So check that out. Random museum recommendation because we are in the recommendation zone everybody. Um, I just, I'm looking at my notes and I just wrote down Rathaniel and like, that's it. Usually I have some thoughts, you know, bullet points that I write down. Cause I, I know I want to bring up, uh, bring it up during the show, but this time I just wrote Rathaniel, which kind of just says it all. I'm sure by now y'all have heard about, uh, Gerard Carmichael's HBO special, his new special. Shot by Bo Burnham. It's very unusual. It's more of a storytelling special, which I know hardcore comedy people sort of have a chip on their shoulder about storytellers um, because (laughs) they see it as like kind of a get out of jail free card where it's like, oh, you don't have to be funny if you're a storyteller. But if you're a stand up stand up and you're not funny, you're dead. So... I get that and I don't. I really like this special. It is extremely vulnerable, extremely raw, not overly sentimental. We don't really get closure at the end, um, but it's still satisfying, which is, I think, a feat in and of itself. And I mean, Gerard Carmichael is just like one of the most gifted storytellers you'll ever see. The way he captivates a room and the way he plays with tension and silence is like masterful, in my opinion. So if you haven't seen Rathaniel yet, check that out. It is heavy, though. That's sort of like <laughs> not a trigger warning, but I'm bracing people where I'm like, if you think you're going to be like rolling in the aisles, you will not be. <laughs> I I even I mean, it's I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this that won't sound like an insult. I didn't laugh that much watching it, but I really liked watching it, and I liked watching him tell stories. And I think he is a funny person, but it's not one of those specials where it's like, boom, 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 you know, like rapid fire jokes. And then sometimes there's a payoff that takes, you know, a setup that (laughs) lasts the entire time of the uh, length of the special. As long as you go into it knowing that it's a storytelling special. And not, you know, you're not going to bust your gut laughing, is what I'm saying. So go check that out. If you've already seen it and you have thoughts, hashtag like trees and pod. Love to get your two cents. You guys oftentimes have smarter things to say than I do, if you can believe it. So love hearing from you. Also, listen. You all very patiently got through Station Eleven with me and me recommending it every single episode and saying it was the best show on TV possibly ever. You all were very patient with me. I appreciate that. I'm back to do that once more (laughs) with Severance. Y'all, you got to watch Severance. So no spoilers. Just because I feel like there are weeks where I'm like, am I the only person watching this show? It can't be. I actually think it's doing quite well. 
And I know critics love it, but it's a very like critic show. That's how I felt about Station Eleven too, where I'm like, if I just poll people, if I go outside right now and I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, have you heard of Severance? I think 90% of people would be like, no, because Apple TV is still weird and not many people. I mean, so many people have it. They're making so much money, but it's not one of the most popular streaming platforms, I don't think. So that is why I keep going on about Severance because it is so good and I can't talk about it in a way without spoiling it. But I will say the season finale was perfect and ended in a satisfying way that set us up for season two in such an exciting way that I was like, oh, I can't wait for this show to come back, which is such a rare feeling in a finale because usually they just do a cliffhanger, which is like the lazy way to end a story, right? Like, oh, you'll have to see. And then you're guaranteeing people tune in for season two. That is not what Severance does. Severance is like, we have been setting up these storylines all season. They will have a finale. And then dot, 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 the world has completely changed. (laughs) And it's so, well, it's so satisfying to see storytelling done right like that. So I really highly recommend Severance if you haven't checked it out already. Again, if you've watched it and you have thoughts, hashtag Lightrees and Pod. Let's talk Severance. Let's get crazy up in here. Have I talked about Peacemaker? I don't know if I have on this show. It's it's so hard to remember. And I feel like there's just so much content these days. Not to sound like a million years old, but I feel like I watched Peacemaker a hundred years ago. And it must have been last month. If that, who knows? I really didn't think I was going to enjoy Peacemaker as much as I did, just because I'm a little, not a little, I'm very tired of like quippy superhero shit. And you know, obviously Marvel's the big offender there. I love Marvel. Don't come for me. I've seen every Marvel film ever. But, you know, they they have a very specific style and that's quip, 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 quip. You know, cutesy quips. Oh, you rascal. Like that kind of humor. And I thought that's what Peacemaker was going to be. That's not what Peacemaker is. It's so funny. Like, okay, so if if we were talking about Gerard Carmichael special as being like, you know, mesmerizing, interesting, uh, peak craftsmanship, but I was like, you won't bust a gut. Peacemaker, I laughed so hard, so many times. And I think, and again, you know, I have been accused of hyperbole, and sometimes it is a valid criticism, but I think Freddie Stroma is the funniest human being alive. Look, is that building him up too much? Maybe. Maybe. But there were several times watching that show where I was laughing so hard at his delivery that it, like, it is sort of miraculous. Listen, this might just be like my fault, but I was unaware of him as an actor before this show. So I'm sorry if he was like one of your favorite English character actors and you were like, you don't know about Freddie Stroma. No, I didn't. Okay. So no expectations. I was like, oh, who's this little guy? And then I was like, is he the funniest person who has ever lived? All right. That might be an exaggeration, but I really, really, really loved Peacemaker. Um, Vigilante. And I don't think this is hyperbole. Vigilante might be my favorite character of all time. There were several moments in Peacemaker where I was like, I cannot believe this is happening. I cannot believe this character has made this decision. But of course he made this decision. This is who he is. And they just don't. I don't. I'm dancing around what his deal is because I I feel you should watch the show and discover it yourself. But the writers just lean in so hard with him that you got to admire it. You got to admire it. And then you got John Cena. What a gift. What a gift. Do you know that man can play the piano beautifully? 
you'll know after watching Peacemaker where there's a long uncut scene of him playing the piano beautifully. Danielle Brooks is in this show. What the fuck? She's so good. Every time I see her in anything, I remember that she made me cry. (laughs) The hardest I've ever cried in Orange is the New Black. Like I was fuck. And if you, if you know, you know, if you've seen the episode, I was like, I'm going to be sick. I'm crying so hard. (laughs) So like I knew Daniel Brooks was like this amazing dramatic actor, but then she's so funny, which makes you furious, doesn't it? It's like, oh, so you're a gifted dramatic actress and a comedy genius. That's fair. Somebody got all the talent. Hey, Danielle, spoon out that talent to the rest of us. And she's like, "Mm -mm -mm, all for me. Fine. So yeah, do check out Peacemaker. And I, God, again, I feel like I watched it a million years ago. So I'm trying to remember the finale. I think in similar style to Severance, it ended in a satisfying way. They resolve the storylines, but also, if you can believe it, there's more to the story that they're going to tell in season two. So very excited about that. Very excited that to see a show like this on HBO where they can be ultraviolent and be really crude and swear and like have explicit sex scenes because all of those things really like service the story. And I think if any of that was softened with like your basic PG-13 Marvel film, it wouldn't be Peacemaker, you know? So I'm glad. I hope they keep using platforms like HBO to tell adult stories because they're very fun. And who doesn't love Eagly? I mean, come on. There's a giant CGI eagle in this show. And guess what? You love him. And guess what? Anytime he is even slightly put in danger, you want to die. And that's a CGI eagle. And you love him so much. So just brace for that. And yeah, I'll I'll call it there. I have another item on here that is so old. I'm like, I barely remember this show. Delete. As usual, everyone, if you have recommendations, comments, questions, you can pop over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, and leave those wonderful things in the comments section. I wanted to shout out the many, many people who sent me SNL's music video with Pete Davidson about short-ass movies. Thank you so much for thinking of me because Meredith and I have on this show ranted about why directors don't make short movies anymore. They all have to be two and a half hour epic odysseys. Nothing's cut. I love an hour and a half movie. I love a 60 minute movie. I love shorts. So the music video short ass movies really spoke to me. Apparently, for a single day, Netflix had short-ass movies as a category on their website, which, listen, I think they should keep, and they should keep the name, too. But very exciting for me to be reflected in the media I consume. I really saw myself in that music video. So thank you to everyone who knows me well enough to, to send it to me. I see you. I hear you. I receive you. I love you. And on that note, everybody, I'm so sorry. It's that time of the show. Here's your bad news. So I'm just going to be, I'm going to live in my truth in this moment. And This is also going to be fun because you guys can play along at home. Let's play how many hours of actual news content do we think Allison consumed this week? Because you're going to hear me stammering through some stories. Because I'll be honest with you. Mama has been unplugged since like midweek. So that is somewhat of a hindrance to a show that has to cover news items. Because I'm like, what happened? So I had to pick stories that I most certainly knew about because um, same when a man, a, a grown ass man, some might say, 
shoots up the subway. One hears about that because I live in Brooklyn and this happened in Brooklyn. Although, and again, thank you to everyone who checked in on me. You're very sweet. You clearly don't know the geography of Brooklyn and that's okay. I do not live in Sunset Park, but a very tragic shooting, very scary, horrible. Um, Sunset Park is dope and they're a dope community and, you know, super diverse really engaged activists and it's just horrible it's horrible that this happened and all i could think about was how many people were just on a way on their way to a job that they fucking hate because let's be real that's most people and then there's a shooting like fuck this fuck this i just i couldn't stop thinking of the fact that they were on their way to their jobs i was just like mother god Dying on your way to your shitty job. Thankfully, nobody uh, was killed, actually. And the authorities are saying none of the injuries are life-threatening, which is good. Although, again, any injury from a a gunshot can be life-changing. So I think a lot of people were like, oh, we didn't kill anybody, so everybody's fine. It's like, no, you know, people could be permanently um, disabled. They definitely all have PTSD now. And it's, I'm not saying they won't be okay, but like, it's not nothing to get shot. (laughs) You know what I mean? I know that sounds like, it should sound obvious, but I feel like, I don't know, it's so normalized in our culture where it's like, oh, where's Diane? Oh, she got shot. Oh, word? Okay. Like, it doesn't really slow us down as much as it should. Sorry, I just rubbed my eye and I have eye makeup on and I'm like, Allison, what is wrong with you? I am an adult woman. Okay, so back to the shooting. Frank James, 62 years old, a grown ass man. And okay, I don't want to I don't want to speculate about motives or anything because people have started to mine his social media And, you know, they found a bunch of like racist posts, like, um, you know, uh, racist against like white people, but also fellow black people, you know, calling them like too meek and subservient and like using bad language, like (laughs) very offensive language to say that. But he seemed to be very angry and it seems like his motives were like maybe start a race war or like inspire other black people to rise up. But also an aspect of his social media posts that's getting less attention is the fact that he was also, and I hope you're sitting down because this is going to shock you, a misogynist, uh, if you can believe it, because there's so infrequently crossover between the two. But did not like women, was not a fan of the women. And I don't want to, listen, I don't want to say I'm an intuitive witch or anything, But when the shooting happened and they put out the description of Frank James and they said that his build was stocky and short, and I I believe he's like 5'5", so I am taller than him. I texted Meredith and I said, I bet he fucking did it because he's short. And listen, I, I would put good money on... Me going to interview this man and just get his like opinion about dating. In 2022, Frank James, do you feel like short kings get a fair break from women? And I bet he has some things to say about women not wanting to date short, older men. Just my thought. Just my thought. A man with a very thriving romantic life does not do something like this. That's not true. That's not true. That's me generalizing. But the second I saw that he was short and listen, I'm not saying all short men would do this. I'm saying short men that have not accepted the fact that they're short and that some women prefer tall men. There are lots of short men who know that and are like, okay, I also have personal preferences and that's totally all right. That is a dope person. You want to be around that person. You don't want to be around the short king who's like, these fucking bitches, unless you're six feet tall or taller, they don't give you a second look. And there are so many of those guys. 
instant red flag for me is in a dating profile where a guy lists his height and he's like, because apparently that's important. And it's like, sir, sir, I know you don't swipe on anybody lower than a C cup. So you are also, you also have your superficial aesthetic qualities that you're looking for. So don't get up on your high horse because you need to be on a high horse because you're short. That's the only way you can see everybody. All right. So I swear this was not my excuse to shit on short men, but it did cross my mind when I saw his height and I heard about the incel shit and I was like, hmm, this all tracks. This all tracks. Me in front of my chalk or uh, cockboard with the red string making connections, spitting facts. So the reason I wanted to talk about this was, do y'all remember when the shooting happened and one of the shooting victims asked a cop to radio what had happened and he said, I can't, my radio is broken. So the shooting victim called 911. And then do y'all remember when the NYPD completely botched protocol in what they're supposed to do after a mass shooting event? in the subway, which is freeze all trains so the fucking shooter can't get away, or if he gets away, he's on foot, which will considerably slow him down. Didn't do that. So all Frank James did was step on another train, and he was fucking gone. I mean, the thing is, he was gone for 30 hours. And thankfully, he was done rampaging. But imagine if he wasn't. Imagine if he just, like, rearmed himself. And went on the fucking subway again. They couldn't find him for 30 hours. And then guess what? Remember this part? The cops weren't the ones to catch him. It was an immigrant, a Syrian immigrant named Zach, who I don't think has been fully identified yet. I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be. Let's all just leave Zach alone. But he's a fucking hero. And the thing that really, as somebody who has like very, very poor facial recognition skills, I am constantly in awe of somebody like Zach who, I mean, do you know how many people he must see every day in a deli in Manhattan? Like he must see hundreds of people and he noticed Frank James and I don't know if Frank James was wearing a mask, but either way, he saw him and was like, that's the shooter. Like that to me is so crazy. And I'm like so envious of that skill. I would be so scared. A, I was wrong because, oh my God, can you imagine if you accuse an innocent person (laughs) of being a mass shooter? I would just be so nervous that I would be like, I can't be right. There's no way I'm right. And I would just like talk myself out of it. To be so certain and and accurate is like, oh my God, like a miracle. And again, Syrian immigrant, not the cops, not the people we pay billions with a B annually to violate civil rights out of our tax dollars. Not them. They they didn't do anything. That's not even fair. If they had done nothing, it would have been okay. They actively helped the shooter. <laughs> they allowed him to get away by not following protocol. So they made things significantly worse. And again, explain why you need more money every single fucking year, you can't do your job right. I I have a friend who I don't know if I want to identify on the show because I don't know if he wants to talk about this publicly, but I'm just going to say it because it's a great example of the fucking ineptitude of the NYPD. So I have a friend whose apartment was being broken into and actively, it was happening in the moment, and he called 911 it took the cops two hours to show up. <laughs> Can you imagine if he had got, the intruder had gotten in? What could happen in two hours? I mean, you're dead. You're dead. And again, explain to me why we are paying the NYPD more every single year. It seems to me like anytime we actually need them, they're not there or they fuck up everything. And most of the time they are harassing and intimidating communities of color and policing schools and terrorizing children. Like, what? And I can't think of a clearer example of like, for people who are like, well, we need cops because security. It's like, 
Y'all know that anytime a crime has happened, it has happened, right? Like, we have cops on the subway. We have more cops on the subway than ever before. And crime still happens all the time. They're not preventing crime. All a cop does is contribute to an, an environment of authoritarianism and fear and oppression. They don't stop crime from happening with their magical force of coptimhood, you know? It, it's not like a force field. But I think people, I think some people think it's like a force field. Nothing bad could touch us. A cop is here. Um, anything bad could happen to you at any time. And also the cop might do bad things too. So don't know where you're getting this um, spirit of safety from. But so Frank James is in custody. He did not enter a plea on charges of violating a law that prohibits terrorist and violent attacks against mass transportation. And yeah, he appeared in court. He was in his little khaki prison uniform, blue surgical mask on, because we must for COVID procedures. He spoke only once to acknowledge he had seen the complaint. That's it. So we don't know anything else about him. So I won't speculate about motive or anything like that. My thing is, ultimately, this always just comes down to access to guns. Because it's like, we're never going to get rid of hatred, right? We're never going to get rid of mental illness entirely, even though, and I have to stress this every time I bring it up, but mentally ill people statistically are far more likely to be victims of violence than the perpetrators of violence. But this is early. I don't think we can rule out anything. My point is, even if there is a mental illness component to all of this, nothing would have happened had he not gotten a, a gun, you know? So. To me, that's ultimately what this is about. And yeah, the other stuff is important, but we're not going to fix misogyny overnight <laughs> or ever. There's always going to be uh, some some people who hate women, you know, S but maybe we don't get them gun. Maybe no gun if you hate women. Maybe that's that's my slogan. No gun if you hate women. Allison Kilkenny, 2026 vote for me. All right. So, oh God, I have Elon Musk on my list. Um, do we want to talk about this? She said to herself and no one answered. So in 10 days, in 10 days, Tesla CEO Elon Musk has gone from popular dude on Twitter and critic to the company's largest individual <laughs> shareholder Two, um, maybe owner of Twitter. I don't know what's going on. It seems like, uh, although Twitter revealed in a securities filing on Thursday uh, that Musk did offer to buy the company outright for $43 billion. Oh, when is the revolution going to be here? <gasps> All right. So. You know, obviously, this was cause for celebration from the weird little Elon Musk disciples on Twitter slash horror from everyone else. And I guess I just wanted to put this up here to like shit on Elon Musk because I I really don't remember having a thought beyond like classic, classic Elon, classic rich dude behavior. I already see him doing these like deliberately like edgelord suggestions where he's like you should be able to post like ultra long tweets and everyone's like no elon don't and he's like ha, ha, ha you know like classic classic uh super villain shit from the tower so yeah i think did i put this on here because i was listening to a lot of grimes last night i don't know i was just like yep we're gonna talk about elon but I'll be honest, I'd rather talk about the next story more. So let's talk about abortion before we end things on hopefully a good note. I think I have good news items. Thank God the show is bi-weekly now. If I had to find good news every week, can you imagine? Just try to imagine me attempting to be a person who has good news every week for you. That's not me. That's not who I am. I went on a long rant last night about how I don't like when waiters are nice. I was like, don't be nice to me. Don't you do it. 
I know capitalism forces you to perform for tips, but I won't play that part in your little play. And I don't want you to play it either. And I'll tip you really well, but I want you to keep your dignity. (sighs) I mean, some waiters are just nice because they're nice, but you know what I'm talking about. The TGIF sort of like, how you folks doing? Like that shit. Stop dancing. Stand up tall. You're a worker. Have some pride. I get it, though. You need the tips. This isn't an anti-service worker screed. I just realized it sounds very negative. I, those are the hardest jobs, I think, that I can think. I don't know. I just, I've never had a job waiting tables or as a bartender, but I'm just like, I know how hard it is. It's like, everybody should just, first of all, they should be paid a living wage and not be on tips. But anyway, you guys know this. So let's talk about abortion. Couple bad news items. So, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed a 15 week abortion ban into law on Thursday as the state joined a growing conservative push to restrict access to the procedure. Ahead of, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court hearing Roe v. Wade. That is likely to happen in probably the next few months. Could be the, very likely, could be the end of Roe v. Wade. So, Republicans obviously are making a huge push right now because they they sense they have the momentum. They sense that Roe v. Wade is about to go under. So this is a full-on attack, and it's happening in multiple states. There was just a 26-year-old woman in Texas who was charged with murder over a quote-unquote self-induced abortion. Okay. It was unclear whether her name is Lizelle Herrera was accused of having an abortion or whether she helped someone else get an abortion. So not quite sure what's happening there. She is being held on $500,000 bond. So one of the, I think it was a sheriff's major. Yeah. Carlos Delgado would not say, did not say under which law Herrera had been charged. So not even clear why this woman's being held or under what what law she's supposedly violated. But we do know it's abortion related. So we'll be following up there. But, you know, obviously I wanted to talk about this because I know I've, I've talked about it a bunch on the show, but I feel it's very important for us to be braced for this to happen. Let's imagine a world where Roe v. Wade is thrown out, okay? I mean, this will be a full blood in the water moment for the Republicans. They, it's going to be, you think this is a full court press? Mm-mm. They're going to go as strict as they can with the laws. And I, I detest when people uh, make handmaiden jokes about literally everything Um or compare everything to Handmaid's Tale because it's that is a very like, you know, white lady, upper middle class centered show. And so often the majority of victims of really oppressive state misogyny mandates are women of color. But I mean, how do you not make this comparison where it's like they're the fundies are gonna come out of the fucking woodwork? as hardcore right-wing as they can because they know that they can do it now. And we're going to get to this in the good news section. I don't think things will change that much now that we have Justice Jackson. You know, I I still think they they know they have a very, very good chance to do this. So once again, if you have some change to spare, there are a lot of local women's groups in your area, I'm sure, doing work to get women access to abortions or people who need abortions access to abortions. And I have been posting a bunch about abortion pills and how they are safe, legal, and you can get them in the mail. So maybe we stock up on those because they're good for two years, I've been told. And just be fucking ready. Because the thing is, they're never going to be able to stop abortions, right? 
but we need to make it so they're accessible and safe. So listen, I'm I'm not saying that I texted a friend the other day and asked them if there's some kind of underground movement training women how to give abortions safely. I'm not saying I did that. <laughs> but my friend did respond, I will let you know if I hear anything and they do exist, but I haven't heard of anything in your area right now. So I was like, mm-hmm, okay. I just, you know, these are the the chill thoughts you have in 2022. <laughs> do I need to train as a, a contracting OBGYN in case someone needs some help out there? Because <laughs> I'll do, y'all, you know, I'll do it. I'm not saying I should, but if it came down to you being deprived of your right to choose or this little gal here, getting in there. You let me get in there, right? Thank you. On that note, everybody, here's your good news. All right. As I hinted at in the bad news section, first good news item Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson made history recently. First black woman to be confirmed to the Supreme Court. Huge deal. Huge fucking deal. Congratulations, Judge Jackson. What a wild confirmation hearing. Or it wasn't really a hearing. It was, um, what do you call it, a firing squad? I Just Republicans are acting up. And... There was really like gross sort of, I thought, pandering to QAnon happening where really bizarre accusations that Judge Jackson is like pro-child rape, like very, very strange, very strange. And I texted a friend while the hearing was happening and I said, do you think this is pandering to QAnon? And they were like, a hundred percent, hundred percent. They are doing this for the their crazy base of conspiracy theorists who, again, don't think we could stress this enough, think that powerful people gather in the basement of pizza restaurants to rape children. And also, this is what I'm always a little unclear on. And every time I learn it, I'm like, remember it. And then I instantly forget it. I think it's my brain trying to protect itself. They also think the rich people extract something from the children's blood to like power them. I don't know. It's it's like that level of wild. And there are a lot of these people who believe this. And to see elected representatives play into that. Oh, God, that was like a really disgusting moment. And credit to Judge Jackson. This is why, you know, she's a Supreme Court justice. Just kept her fucking cool the whole time. That's really not easy, guys. I, as somebody who has a very expressive face and I used to constantly get detention for rolling my eyes, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I would have rolled my eyes once and they would have been like, you can't be a Supreme Court justice. I mean, I never would have gotten that far. Let's be real. A, I have no legal training. but. You know, if you have an animated face, it it can be a blessing and a curse. So I don't hide my emotions well. So watching Judge Jackson just keep her fucking cool the whole time, I was like, damn, damn, you've got resolve. You would have to, right? You'd have to have the patience of a saint to read so many legal rulings. And I just, attorneys have a, a very different mentality than, say, um, this gal over here, you know? I've referred to myself as a gal a lot on this episode. I Is that like the sleep deprivation? I, I start calling myself a gal. Is this a sign of a stroke? Is this one of the symptoms? Subject started calling self gal constantly. <laughs> All right. Um, so also good news, a rare win for the Postal Service. Remember the Postal Service? Remember how it's awesome? Yeah. And if you don't think it's awesome, you are talking about budget cuts. You're not talking about the post office. The post office is dope. You can send mail anywhere in the country for very little money. 
uh, FedEx and UPS charge you way more than the USPS. And anytime someone's like, yeah, but the lines, you have to wait so long. Did you ever wonder why there's only two people working at the box working at the post office at any given moment? Budget cuts. If they had a fully staffed post office, there wouldn't be lines out the door. Anyway, Allison, don't rant about the post office again. So President Biden signed a sweeping bill on Wednesday that will overhaul the U.S. Postal Service's finances and allow the agency to modernize its service. So literally, this saved the post office. And and again, I hope you're sitting down. It had huge bipartisan support, which in the year 2022, to have bipartisan support on anything that's not war is a borderline miracle. And I think just speaks to people fucking love the post office. And this was like a really popular law proposal amongst constituents, especially elderly people, because elderly people be fucking with the post office every day. They use it because, again, it's cheap. And so it had huge bipartisan support. Biden signed it. Boom. Done. Post office saved. And it's very rare to have a clean victory like that. And just to remind everyone of what was happening to the post office and why they were artificially made to be bankrupt. The motive behind that was Republicans wanted to say we should uh, get rid of the post office because it's they're not efficient and they're a drain on resources because they were forcing the post office to fund future employees Medicare and like retirement in advance, (laughs) which you wouldn't have any other institution in the country do that. You wouldn't ask any company in the world to do that because that's insane. So that is why it gave the illusion that the post office didn't have as much money as they do because they are actually like incredibly profitable because again, millions and millions and millions and millions of people use them. So now this sort of is a clean slate where it's like, okay, you don't have to do that no more. Um, It requires retired employees to enroll in Medicare when eligible, uh, repeals a mandate for the agency to cover health care costs up front and years in advance. And those two measures are saving them. Are you ready? $50 billion. So one day the USPS owed $50 billion and today they don't. That's some goo shit right there. Listen, do I want to talk about QAnon again? Yeah. And here's why. And it is in the good news section. You're probably like, why is it in the good news section, Allison? What if this is the moment I become pro QAnon? What if this is the moment I reveal I'm Q? Would you guys be, you'd be mad, right? I feel like you'd be mad. So I actually have a couple QAnon good news stories. All right. This is now a QAnon podcast. We are pivoting. We're only talking about QAnon. This made me laugh just because I was like, of course, this is happening. So apparently within the QAnon movement, everybody was very curious, like what was going to happen to QAnon once, you know, all of the predictions did not come true. Like JFK did not come back from the dead. Oh, yeah, guys, if you don't know what QAnon actually believes, I really, really encourage you to like read it because you're like, I cannot believe adults think this shit. But they're a cult, right? So people were wondering, were they going to like accelerate and become like a full religious cult where like we're talking like drinking Kool-Aid or, you know, more into politics? Like nobody knew. So now it seems like at least some QAnon supporters This is from the Daily Beast, are pivoting because their leaders are pushing them into multi-level marketing schemes, (laughs) which is perfect, right? It's so perfect for a QAnon supporter to pivot into a pyramid scheme. And if you don't know what an MLM is, again, I really encourage you to read up on this shit because... We're going to be seeing more and more cults and cult-like behavior in the future as traditional institutions dwindle away. So you got to be you got to be vigilant. It, you can join a cult easier than you think. It's very easy to one day 
wake up and be like, did I join a cult? I think these people are cults or cult members. I think I'm in danger. So people are lonely. People are looking for community and connection. You mean a nice group of people, all strangely attractive. And before you know it, you're dressed in all white, serving the great leader. And you're like, what happened? Where am I? My name's Willow. What? You know, it it can happen very quickly. So I just, I don't, I don't ever present these stories like, ha, 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 idiots. I mean, sometimes I do. But like MLM scams, I get it. Because what happens is, is uh, someone who is like a great speaker, very charismatic, pulls you into like a Hyatt conference room and is like, do you want to make a shit ton of money fast? And it's like, hell yeah, I do. Cool. All you got to do is sign up 20 people this month. And you're like, hell yeah, got it. But as as the name pyramid implies, you got to keep doing that exponentially. And all of those people have to go sign up 20 people. So the the wealth keeps rising and it never rises to you because you're in the middle of the dang pyramid. The only way you really make money in a pyramid scheme is you got to be the top notch, the top block in a pyramid. And then you're getting all the money. But you got to have like a million little minions doing all the real work beneath you. Anyway, I think it's very funny that (laughs) some of the QAnon cult members are pivoting into MLM schemes. Listen, better than like, I don't know, uh, releasing poisonous gas on a subway, which I was sort of braced for with QAnon. I was like, oh, when are they going to really escalate? I mean, escalate beyond... January 6th, which I wanted to talk about the next QAnon story, which is January 6th related. Uh, So a jury in Washington, D.C. on Monday found ex-Virginia police officer, an ex-Virginia police officer guilty on all six charges he faced for his actions around the January 6th attack of the Capitol. Thomas Robertson, what a boring name, a former sergeant of the Rocky Mountain Police in Virginia faced charges including impeding law enforcement officers, obstructing an official proceeding, entering and remaining in restricted grounds, and tampering with evidence. So the jury got to hear from multiple witnesses uh, during the trial, and including Washington police officers who were there during the attack, federal agents, and Robertson's former police colleague and co-defendant who testified as part of a plea deal with the government. Ugh, it warms your heart to see cops turning on cops. Woo, we love it because it doesn't really happen that much. You know that a police officer is fucked if they are testifying against another police officer. Because goddamn, you can't be a police officer no more after you do that. You Not if you value your safety and like people watching your back. You gotta, you gotta go get a new job now. So one juror told CNN that There was debate on every charge while the jury deliberated for around 13 hours. So not immediately unanimous, but I'm putting in the good news section because anytime these assholes get snagged, listen, you know your girl. I don't like to be a carceral progressive, but while we have prisons, I'm like, let's put these guys in there because I don't think they should be walking around. I don't think you on casually on January 6th get to try to overthrow the government and there's no consequences. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, I, I I don't like most of what our government does. Am I going to storm the Capitol? No, not today. Not today. You know, <sighs> never say never, right? But I, not for this bullshit. So... It's just nice. It's just nice to see, especially like a cop, like, you you know, this guy just thought there's no way anything will ever come back on me. Ha ha, you fucking idiot. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I'm going to call it there just because my voice is really starting to give out. Oh, I guess just quickly, can we just say like something nice about Britney Spears? I'm really happy she's pregnant. And listen, everybody, I know that... There's been some talk about her social media posts that it's a lot of like concern trolling and commenting about, listen, does our queen post ranting 
um, 18 page long captions with weird use of emojis. Yeah. Okay. She's had a fucking weird life. And guess what? You, it, it's legal to be quirky and without being an armchair psychologist, just say in general, mentally ill. It's not against the law to be mentally ill. So the people who were like, see, she needed a conservatorship. She's posting strange things. Bitch, she has the right to post strange things. I don't disagree that some of her captions are a little weird. It's not illegal to be weird. And you don't get to tell a weird person that they can't have babies. She has bodily autonomy. She really, really wanted another baby. She's pregnant. I'm happy for her. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it really pissed me off when people were like, look at how weird her posts are. Maybe we were wrong. Maybe she should have been locked in a conservatorship forever. It's like, are you high? Literally, all she's doing is like posting cheeky photos and using maudlin stock photos. (laughs) Like, what great crime did Britney Spears commit? I can't believe people are already like turning on the fact that she's not in the conservatorship anymore whatever. Everybody needs help. That doesn't mean that she should have had her freedom stripped from her. You know, I I feel like there's a happy medium in there. So fortunately, she has more money than God and, and resources. And I just like, I hope, I hope everybody in her life is like legit and loves her and she's having the best time. So on that note, everybody, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Please go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny for as little as $5 a month. You support this dang show and all its numerous expenses. So I really appreciate that. And again, if you're a supporter of mine, you get to skip the line and I'll read your messages on air. I always love doing that. And also follow us on the socials. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram, Light Trees and News, hashtag Light Trees and News. Let me know your thoughts. And on that note, if you're vaccinated and maybe even got two boosters, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>